Happy Easter, friends. It's Resurrection Sunday, and it's a high watermark uh, for the church. And I don't just mean South Bend City Church. I mean uh, for Jesus communities all around the world. Uh, this day especially, uh, we remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus, and we celebrate what it means um, about him and what it means for us. And uh, so uh, to celebrate that and to mark uh, this moment, we've released a special Easter film that we shot in Studebaker 112, and uh, I hope that you will check that out. Uh, we've got the band there. Uh, we've got readings and prayers and teaching. We've even got Eucharist. And so if you're going to watch the film, you might want to uh, get some bread or crackers and juice or wine ahead of time. And then whether you're watching it alone or whether you're watching it with others, uh, when you get to that point in the film, you could partake yourself. Uh, you can find that film uh, just by clicking the link in the episode notes for, for this episode. It's uh, out there on Vimeo. Uh, you can also see that we've uh, sort of pushed that through all of our channels uh, right now. Um, but we also know that for some of you, the podcast is like really how you like to stay tuned in. And so we've taken the sermon portion of that film and brought it into the podcast. And that's what, uh, what you're about to hear right here. A couple other notes, um, ways to stay connected. The email newsletter is always helpful. You can sign up uh, at the front page of our website. Just scroll down to the newsletter, sign up on that page. Uh, you might want to check out our open forum for South and City Church on Facebook. Just look for the South and City Church open forum. Uh, that's a, a group on Facebook where you'll find a, some space to uh, discuss with others, uh, to pray with others, uh, to encourage one another. Uh, that's a good spot for that. Uh, also, you might want to tune into our Instagram. Uh, you'll see that we're going to be a little more active there. It's proving to be uh, just a good way for us to check in and to encourage one another. And so look for South and City Church on Instagram. And if you're not following us there, you might want to, and you'll see some more activity going on uh, in the next few days and weeks. Um, also, as always, um, if, if you're in an okay spot, if your income has not been disrupted, if uh, giving has been sort of a regular part of your participation in this community, uh, you don't have to wait till we're back together. You can always do that online just by going to southbendcitychurch.com slash give. Uh, you'll see there's a general fund there, uh, which is how we pay the bills that we still have to pay every month right now. Uh, you'll also see that there's a care fund there. And if you want to give to that fund, that money is directed specifically towards some of the needs that are popping up in our church, especially around uh, coronavirus uh, stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways for us to show up for each other and with each other right now. Uh, know that we love you. Uh, we are praying for you. And uh, we hope that you go check out the film because I think it'll be really encouraging to you. Uh, but even if you just take in this teaching, um, just know that uh, this Easter Sunday, uh, we are with you and he has risen. Hey friends, it's Easter. It's not the Easter we thought we were going to have, but it's Easter. And so we wanted to find some way of bringing some of what we would be together on any other Easter uh, to you today. And so we tried to do that. You know, we, we had the video with the ladies reading, uh, and some of them were their fascinators, which if you've been to South Bend City Church on an Easter Sunday, you know that, like, some of our crew loves to do that. But you also know that, like, uh, the dress code's very wide here. <laughs> uh, we brought the band because we wanted to encourage you with some songs. And we wanted to talk for a moment today, even while we are scattered and dealing with a pandemic, uh, about what Easter means and to turn our attention to the death and the resurrection of Jesus and to think about how all that might show up in our lives today. And so I want to talk to you a moment about all of that showing up in our lives today. Uh, now, the best way that I know to do that is maybe to put ourselves in the shoes of the people who were closest to Jesus, his friends, his disciples, the women and men who walked with him for those three years. You can imagine and you can actually see in their lives together how their hope began to grow the more that they were with Jesus. 
you can sense that something like faith was awakening for them as they were with Jesus. I mean, they heard him teach in a way that was authoritative and insightful, like different than they had heard other teachers speak. And then they saw his authority vindicated when he healed people and performed miracles. But then he showed them that all that power wasn't just for fireworks or to build himself up, but he showed them that all that power was to try to make some things right in the world because they saw him pushing against the powers that were uh, holding things down the way that they were. And so you can imagine you're one of those people with Jesus and it's like you've hitched your wagon to a star and the star is rising and things are looking better and better for you because you're with him. Except Jesus starts talking to his friends about how this thing's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. Like my story is not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. And by the way, if you're with me, your story might not go the way that you think it's going to go. Like there's that moment in one of the Gospels where... Peter says to Jesus, you're the Christ, you're the anointed one, you're, you're, you're the location of all this that we have been hoping for and what God's doing in the world. And then Jesus says, yes, and I'm going to die. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be executed. And Peter, you might know the story, he resists it. He said, there's no way that could be the case. And Jesus gets really fierce about it. And he looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. It's as if he knows that like, you're going to fall prey to a false gospel if you let yourself think that this is just a rising star that's going to exempt you from difficult things. Because there, there's no promise of being exempted from difficult things in this story. And then, of course, um, we know that on the moment that we commemorate with Good Friday that Jesus is executed. And you can imagine his friends there and they see all of their hopes and all their faith that had been awakened, and all their dreams, and all their sense of security or promise, dead there with Jesus. And I think the way that might like come forward 2,000 years to us today is it might be a rebuttal to all the idols, and all the false promises, and all the false gospels that try to tell us that we too could be exempt from the difficult and dark things. And I don't know where you've heard that false gospel. It might have been from bad preachers who might be tempted to sort of promise a perversion of what this story actually says. And so, like, if you have enough faith and you pray hard enough, that somehow, like, you're going to get off free from all of this. But it just isn't true, right? But maybe you didn't hear the gospel from a preacher in a pulpit. Maybe you heard it in the workplace. Maybe it was the promise of careerism. Maybe it was the promise of acquisition. Maybe it was the promise of your social network or your status. But there are all these false, false gospels being preached by, by idols all around us. And it seems the promise is the same, which is if you trust me, if you trust this system, if you trust this God, if you trust this idol, if you follow this gospel, you can be exempt from the hardest, darkest, most difficult things. But the real gospel never promises that. It actually takes us all the way through it. And so Jesus who has been walking with his friends for three years and raising their hopes, ends up on a cross, executed. And the, the first like, word of this story is a reminder that we are not exempt. Uh, I think COVID-19, this pandemic right now, is reminding us that we are not exempt. Maybe some of us began to hear about it and we thought that's happening in another place to other people. And we found some comfort in the false security that it wouldn't affect us, but of course it's here for everyone now, right? Maybe some of us think of ourselves as young and healthy or strong, but as more and more data comes out, we find out that that's not even a promise because it turns out there's no guarantees with this thing that's sweeping around the world. Maybe some of us thought that we were economically secure, 
that we had sort of sectioned off a little piece of the economic world where we could be safe even while our sisters and brothers live in more vulnerable circumstances. But we're discovering right now that we are all so connected. None of us is exempt, and any of us could fall prey to this or something else that might come along and make things difficult, that might threaten us, that might bring a darkness. And of course, none of us is exempt from dying. And I don't mean to be like sad this Easter, but I just want to start there because the first thing that we hear in this story is that none of us is exempt. Now, where the good news breaks in, I think, is that this story also says, uh, surprisingly, maybe paradoxically, maybe impossibly, this story says that God is also not exempt. Because, of course, the point of the Jesus story is it's not just a man walking around 2,000 years ago, but it's God wrapped up in flesh and blood walking around 2,000 years ago. And so in this story that, that brutally reminds us that we are not exempt from suffering and darkness and death, we also find out somehow in a mystery that we could spend the rest of our lives trying to understand somehow that God is also not exempt. Because you can't love from a distance, right? Because the way that love heals isn't by keeping its distance. The way that love heals us is by entering into the circumstances that we're facing. Love heals through solidarity with our wounds and our struggles. And if God is love, then we shouldn't be surprised to find out that God is chosen, that God's self would not be exempt from the darkest, most difficult things. So uh, perhaps this season, as pandemic sweeps the globe and jobs are lost and lives are lost and our whole system shakes and breaks in all sorts of ways, maybe you need to just be reminded of this, that like if you're looking for God in the middle of COVID-19, I'm certain that you can find God suffering with us, weeping with us, uh, feeling the insecurity, the fragility of this moment with us. Now, that's not the only lesson in the story either, though, right? Because in that moment when Jesus is on the cross, or in this moment when it, thinks, it seems that things are breaking more than they are healing, uh, you might ask, like, is this, is this the ultimate truth? Is this the way things have always really been? Is this the baseline that defines everything? And yeah, there might be moments of exception. There might be moments of joy or wholeness or life or love. But really, entropy has the final word, and it all comes crashing back down to the bottom where everything dies and everything falls apart. Like, is, is that the way it actually ultimately always goes? But of course, that's the other big major point of the story. Um, it's not that we're going to be okay. <laughs> like Jesus died. His friends watched their friend die. Their dreams died. Their hopes died. Their movement died. Like things aren't okay. <laughs> um, it's just that after things aren't okay and after the death, there's another page in the story. And three days later, uh, first the women and then the men discover that Jesus has been raised to new life. Discover that though evil brought everything it had against God, though evil brought all of its violence and all of its vengeance and all of its power and exhausted everything it had, when it ran out of everything it had, there was still more love and more life and more for God to give, which is why I think Jesus finds himself raised up three days later. And so for all of us who have realized that we are not exempt from the darkness and the suffering, 
It's not the end of the story because when evil brings its worst at us, whether it's the evil that we create or the evil that we suffer from, we too could find out that it's not the final word and that there will be more love and more life ready to raise us up on the other side of all of this. I think this is why Jesus can come to his friends after his resurrection and speak to them this one profound word when he looks them in the eyes and he says, peace. Peace. This is not a naive thing. This is not an optimistic thing. This is not an aspiration, like hoping that someday things will be made right. This is spoken by the man who went all the way through the grave, who took on all the violence and all of the evil, and in his body, in his life, was able to demonstrate that those things don't have the final word. And so even though we are not exempt from our suffering, he comes to us today too, and he speaks this word almost from the future, saying, peace, because at the end of all of this, the final word will be life, it'll be love, it'll be God. And so he brings that word from the future into our present and speaks it to us now. He says, peace. And so this Easter, I don't know if you're optimistic I don't know when things will get better, and I don't know how many people will die in the meantime, and how many jobs will be lost, and how many businesses will fall apart, and how many families will break under the pressure of all this. I don't know how bad it will get, but I also trust this word from the future. It's not naive. It's not optimistic. It's just true. When Jesus resurrected, looks at us, and he says, peace. I've been thinking about a story that I actually shared with our community a while ago, but it just comes back to me as we think about what Easter means in the middle of a pandemic. And the story goes uh, that a couple years ago, I had the privilege of tagging along with a friend uh, to go spend some time with a, sort of an elder uh, theologian, a spiritual teacher who many of us love and respect. Uh, his name is Richard Rohr. And so I went with this friend out to Albuquerque, New Mexico, to sit with this man who is uh, an, uh, an old priest now. And, um, and we sat with him for hours, just the three of us. We talked uh, about a book that he had written and then about his life right now. And we didn't expect this part of the conversation. But my friend Luke and I were there with Father Richard, and he began to talk to us about some of his health problems that he's facing. And then, um, and by the way, I only share this with you because he also said it into a microphone in a podcast. So I, w- I wouldn't divulge that without that. But uh, he began to talk about health problems that he's facing. And at his age and with those problems, it's, um, it's the kind of thing that reminds you that, like, your time may come soon. And so I remember we, we asked Father Richard, like, what do you expect of that experience called death? And there was a kind of peace that settled into his body that it almost, like, reached beyond him and enveloped us. And he just looked us in the eyes and he said, you know, here's what I know. Every small death in my life has enlarged me. As if to say, like, if every small death has enlarged me, then, like, how much more so can we hope for that to happen when we come to our actual death? When we come to the end of the lives that we live in these bodies in this time, don't we know that we will be enlarged? Because that somehow through that most difficult experience, we too will find ourselves with like our souls, our lives wrapped around, stretched around the life of God in a way that we can't even know in the life right now. 
And if that's the case, then can't we hear this word from Jesus who comes to us from beyond the grave, from that future into this moment? Can't we hear that word from him as he says, peace? So uh, this pandemic season, this unexpected time of difficulty and tragedy, um, I think the Easter story is just right for us. And while I wish we were all gathered here in 112 together, uh, it'd be really, really great to see your faces and to embrace each other and to sing together and pray together. Uh, I also think that like, this is not an exceptional circumstance to talk about Easter because Easter is a story for people who have discovered that they are not exempt, but who are also discovering that God is not exempt. And because God is not exempt, there is a, a deep and abiding hope and a peace that might settle into our hearts, even while we grapple with the anxieties of the moments that we're living in right now. And so this Easter season, I want to remind you that he is risen, and that if he is risen, then so can we be. And that if we can be raised up from even death, then no violence, no breakdown, no economic catastrophe, no sickness can threaten that peace which is abiding and available to us. And so I want to wish you that peace uh, this Easter Sunday. I want to offer a, a prayer for you uh, through the camera as a way of um, letting you know um, how much space I am holding in my heart for you, for our church, for our city, and for our world. Uh, and then when I'm done praying, we'll um, be able to meditate through a song and then come to the table of Jesus together uh, before this time is done. But first, let me pray for you. Loving and gracious God, who has always been giving life to us. I just want to pray um, for this community and for anyone who finds their heart shaking a little bit in the wake of COVID-19. Whether it's um, loss of life or health or job or business or the difficulty of managing family or um, the mental wellness challenges of being alone, or like the list could go on and on. I just want to pray for everyone in every way who has been shaken and continues to shake from this experience. Uh, I don't want us to hear a false gospel, some kind of naive promise that we could be somehow exempt from the hard things. And I don't want to propose in this prayer either that faith would somehow just make all this go away, because that just doesn't seem to be the story that you have written into the world. And yet we discover that not only are we not exempt, but that you, God, have chosen to submit yourself to the very circumstances that war against us in these days. So we thank you for Jesus, for the life that you lived in him, for the death that you died in him. And we thank you for the new life raised up in him, because if he has been raised up, then so can we be. I pray that we would hear in our hearts today, like deeply, like in our bones, in our bellies. I pray that we would hear reverberating in our spirits this word of peace that comes to the future and speaks to us and reminds us that even when evil and violence and sickness have had every word they have to bring, when they've brought everything they can against us, that there's another word, that there's another day ahead. And just as you've raised him up, you'd raise us up. So I pray that we would hear the word of peace this Easter as we remember that he has risen. And I pray these things through Christ. And we all said uh, at home, in front of a screen, we all said, amen.